Well, if you're new to Journey, we are continuing our series called The Year of the Bible. Let me explain to you what that is. And at the beginning of the year, we decided to do a series that would carry all throughout 2018, uh, in which we as a church read through the Bible, but on Sunday mornings, we also studied through the Bible. Church family, by the way, uh, since it's the beginning of the month, you can go by the Welcome Center and pick up your new reading guides. And uh, we are going to read through uh, the month of November. We actually only have, after today, about seven weeks left in this series. And I want to encourage you and challenge you in something. At the beginning of the year, or a couple months in, if you got all excited and you said, hey, look, I'm going to read through the Bible this year. It's going to be amazing. And maybe you fell off the wagon. Maybe you fell out, uh, you know, got, missed a day or two a week, a month, whatever. And then you, you just quit. I would tell you and challenge you to pick up with us right where we are and just join along in with us as we read throughout the end of the year because uh, we've got some, some interesting things that we've learned, but we really have some really cool things we're going to look at as we go through the end of the year. So pick up your reading plan today or go on our website or social media site and uh, follow along with us in the electronic version. And speaking of social media, I want to take a quick, quick moment and welcome those who are joining us online. I'm sure today with the rain and with last night what happened, there's a lot of people who said, you know what, don't feel like seeing anybody, and so they're joining us online. So let's give all of them a great big hand clap this morning from Journey to welcome them. And speaking of last night, at the conclusion of the service, the prayer team will be here in the front. Uh, if you need prayer or counseling, they are here available for you. So uh, we actually are jumping back into the series because last weekend we did something that we had been doing for years, which is a really cool thing called Serve Like Crazy. If you are new to Journey, what we do is we take a Sunday out of the year where we actually, instead of having regular services, we get outside of the building and we go be the church to our community you guys did an amazing job last weekend representing Jesus throughout this entire area. You did things like uh, you went to a, a family who is recovering from the flood and you work within their house and in their yard doing different things to help them get back on their feet. There were different schools that we went to, did some painting, did some work there to help those schools within our community. Probably my favorite one was hearing the stories from the team that went downtown to the bus station. They passed out donuts and they passed out coffee and had unbelievable opportunities to pray for people and to encourage people. I just loved hearing those stories. And then there were quite a few teams who went into different neighborhoods and actually visited with over a thousand different homes passing out cookies and I heard the stories of people being able to, you know, pray with different people and encourage people. And, and actually, this past week, we had Journey Fest, had a lot of people show up for Journey Fest based off of us going and doing Serve Like Crazy this past weekend. So y'all did an amazing job. Let's give the Lord a great big hand clap today to honor him. And so as we jump back into our series, Year of the Bible, take out your Bible, take out your smart device, and open your Bible app. And I want you to turn to the book of Hebrews. We are actually reading in Hebrews right now. And I know that we're reading some out of the New Testament, some out of the Old Testament, some in Psalms, some in Proverbs. And over the last two months, I've been stuck in the New Testament because I just love these different letters that are written to the early church and today, as we get into this message, I'm thinking of two weeks ago whenever I talked to y'all about being a better reflection of Jesus to people within our community. And one of the things that I said in that message is that as Christians, as Christ followers, 
we are called to walk in faith. Everybody say faith. And here's what I want to do today. I want to take some time to help you really understand what faith is. A lot of people say that word. A lot of people know that word. And in the Christian realm, we talk about faith in God and we got to have faith for this. But what does that actually mean? What does faith really look like within our lives? And I wanted us to go into the Bible and study together because as we're in the book of Hebrews, it is a tremendous book of faith. Now, let me kind of give you a little better background history on Hebrews. It's a, a book. The author of it is anonymous. There's a lot of theologians who kind of argue over who uh, wrote this book. I have my particular thoughts on it, but we're not going to get into all that. But what I know is it is a tremendous book that is written to the Jewish people that had converted to Christianity. And here's why it's a tremendous book on faith. These Jewish people, in converting to Christianity, their lives have been turned upside down, and they're serving Jesus and loving Jesus, but they started kind of wavering in their faith. They had the thought process that Jesus was going to be coming back for them rather quickly, and as a result of them not seeing him rather quickly return, they begin to wonder, hey, did we make the right decision here? Was it, was it the right thing to switch from Judaism to Christianity? And the writer of Hebrews actually steps up, writes this book, and tells them in this writing to remain strong in, in their faith. In fact, we get into Hebrews chapter 11, and, and there's a particular, this chapter is one that a lot of people refer to as, as the heroes of faith or the great hall of faith. As the writer is talking to the ones reading it about the different ones from the Old Testament that we know. Uh, Abraham and all these different figures who stood in faith and they trusted God. And so it's a tremendous book that teaches us and helps us understand what faith really is within our lives. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to jump off into Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1. And the reason why we're going to start here is because this particular verse gives a good definition or description of our faith. Now, I want to read this to you today out of the New King James Version. There's a reason why. I like the wording that they use in this particular translation. I think that it is the proper wordage that should be used based on an understanding of what faith is. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, it speaks to us about faith, and this is what it says. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Now, a lot of us know that verse. A lot of us have committed that verse to memory. And when somebody asks you, hey, what is faith? You simply rattle this verse off. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. The answer is in that. And that person looks at you and they're like, I have no idea what that means. Well, let's gain a better understanding of what that really is, what the definition of faith is, because the word or the substance here that we look at, in the Greek language, that word substance is hupostasis. And I actually know that I probably just butchered that because I'm not great at pronouncing Greek or Hebrew, but that's the wordage there. The word substance is hupostasis, and it means substructure or foundation. Here's what I thought about whenever I looked at that and saw the understanding of this verse, that the, the, the foundation or the substructure of things hoped for, that is what our faith is. This is what I began to think about. I thought about this building. 
How many of you in this room know that this building has a foundation? How do you know that? Have you seen the foundation? How many of you in this room have seen the, the rebar, the footings? You watched the concrete go on the ground. How many of you in this room watched that actually occur? Raise your hand way up high. None. Maria, Miss Debbie, they were here whenever we actually built this building. So there's a couple, actually, myself in the first service, we had one individual in here who actually was on site whenever we actually poured the concrete. The reason why we know that there's a foundation, and I specifically know, is because I was the one who walked around and inspected the rebar. I walked around and made sure that the footings were the proper depth with a, with a tape measure. I'm the one who walked around and inspected everything the morning of the pour to make sure that everything was proper and right. There were several other people involved in the project who did so as well. And so personally, I have seen the foundation. I have seen the rebar that actually brings support to this building. But you have not seen it, but yet you still believe that there is a foundation in place. How do you know that? The reason is because you are able to witness firsthand the structure that is built on it. You look at the building or the fruit of the foundation, the substructure. You might say, well, what does that have to do with our faith, Pastor Jay? Well, understand that what it's talking about here as we look at this particular verse, it is giving us a definition of faith. And it's telling us that faith is the very foundation of which our life in Christ is built upon. In other words, this building, we know it's got a good foundation. Otherwise, if we had built a building on top of it and it did not have a foundation or it was a bad foundation, this building would have crumbled. You agree? Our faith in Christ is something, it's the foundation or the substructure upon which our lives can be built. And we know it's a good, solid foundation upon which to build a life. And the reason why is because when life brings difficulties, when life brings circumstances that are out of our control, in Christ we don't crumble and fall apart, but we are able to stand strong because of the faith that we have as our foundation. Amen? That's pretty good preaching right there. And, and I want to help you understand what your faith is and how you can grow in it. Here it is, simply put. Faith is agreeing with God, and it's acting on his word. In other words, God, I really believe that when you put this book together, and you gave it to us and mankind, that you would believe, I mean, you mean what you say in this book, and my life can be built upon it. It is a good, sure, and solid foundation upon which my life in Christ can be built on. God, you are a God of your word. You're not a liar. You are a God of your word, and I can stand upon your word. Here's what it looks like. How many of you in this room believe that if I told you, hey, I want you to meet me down at the Waffle House. I like Waffle House. Waffles and nothing like scattered, you know, covered, all that good stuff, you know. Best hash browns in the world, in my opinion. Right? Okay. If I told you, hey, meet me down at the Waffle House because I want to give you $100 and we're going to have some waffles together. How many of you would show up? Okay. Now, Ernest, you raise your hand. Why would you show up? Waffles. Waffles. Okay. 
He doesn't necessarily really need the $100, but Ernest, everybody enjoys getting 100 bucks. But do you really believe that I would give you that $100? Why? Because you trust me. He trusts my word. He would say, you are a man of your word, and I trust you. And I believe that you're going to do what you say you're going to do. Listen, the same thing holds true with God. We either believe what God tells us in his word and that he can do through his word within our life and through our life exactly what he spells out between this cover to this cover. Either we believe that and he's a God of his word and we can trust him and that is the very foundation upon which our life in Christ is built. Amen? Look at your neighbor and say, that's good. Because we are gaining a better understanding of what faith really is. Now, here's the thing. What the Word shows us is that all of us, look at your neighbor and say, that means you too. All of us can live above our circumstances. We don't have to fall victim or prey to our circumstances. We can live above our circumstances. We can overcome adversity because guess what? Life is going to get difficult. Jesus himself said that we would face difficulties in life. Troubles would come our way. But we can overcome those things. And we can enjoy the abundance of life that Jesus spoke about if we will learn to trust God and believe him at what his word says. You might say, well, what is that, Pastor Jay? That in itself is what faith is all about. It is trusting God at his word. Hebrews chapter 11, if you go down a couple of verses, we see what it tells us a little bit more about faith. It says, and without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. In other words, God, the more I seek after you through understanding your word and putting it in my heart, the more time I spend with you in prayer and in worship, the greater my relationship grows in depth with you. You reward me. You take care of me. You bless me even if difficult circumstances come. And it is all based upon the foundation of faith. Everybody say faith. So here's what we're going to do. I want to take a couple minutes and I want to share with you guys some facts about what faith really is. The very essence of it. And I believe that this is something that as we gain a greater understanding, it will help our faith to grow within the body of Christ. And so today, what I really want to do is help you understand faith so you can develop faith within your life to a whole different level. Because there are different levels of faith. We see that as we grow in our relationship with God. So in your bulletin, there were sermon notes, and you can write these things down and you can actually go back later in the week and go through and study and look at the different scripture references that are given there as we gain a better understanding of what faith really is. So here we go. Three things that you need to understand about faith. The first one is this. You need to know that faith is a law. Now you might say, well, whoa, whoa, whoa. I thought that we didn't live under Old Testament law anymore. That's not exactly what I'm talking about. We don't live under Old Testament law anymore. We have been set free because of what Jesus did for us at the cross. But faith is a law. And what I mean by that is this. Here's a better understanding. When you are driving along and you come to a, red, a stoplight and it's red, what do you do? Why do you stop? Because it's the law. And if you don't stop, police officer is going to pull you over and he's going to reward you for your disobedience you stop because it is the law you don't wait you don't 
you know, pull up to that light and you see it, you know, start to turn yellow and then it turns red. You don't wait for an emotional feeling to overtake you. You know, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't necessarily know if I feel like stopping. Well, if you don't feel like stopping, you're going to get a ticket. You don't wait for a quiver in your liver before you stop, you know, like, man, I, I need to see stars and fireworks or whatever. No, you stop because it is the law. And guess what? The police officer honors you stopping because you are honoring the law. You say, well, what does this have to do with faith? Well, remember, we look and understand that, that faith is a, a law. And Romans chapter 3, verse 21 puts it simply like this. It says, but now apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been made known, to which the law and prophets testify. This righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ and to all who believe. You say, well, well, what exactly does that mean? Well, here's the thing. How did you come to know Jesus? Were you present at the crucifixion? Have you seen him face to face? I know some people have had visions and things like that. But you probably have not seen him face to face in that sense. You came to Christ by faith. In other words... You were at the place in life, if you're anything like me, where you were doing your own thing and living life and not pursuing God, but probably pursuing sin like I was. And the time came where the Holy Spirit began to work within my heart, and he began to show me that I needed to surrender my life to Christ. That moment came where the knowledge that I had of Christ and my heart came into agreement and union with one another, and I opened up my life and realized Jesus, I believe that you went to the cross for me. You paid the price for my sins. And I choose to surrender my life to you. And I choose to begin to follow you as the Lord, the master, the king of my life. What is that? That is transformation. But how did I receive Jesus as my savior? Through faith. I didn't see him with my own eyes. My heart opened to him and I received him into my life by faith. And God honors faith because faith is a law. Here's the thing. Just like police officers will honor us if we stop at that red light, God honors his word and our faith to trust him. Remember, faith, simply put, is trusting God at his word and believing what he tells us is true. It is the very foundation upon which our lives in Christ are built. So faith is a law. God honors it. Here's the next one. I love this, is that faith is measured. You might say, well, you know, what does that even look like? Well, how many of you in here love to cook? Raise your hand. Let's be honest. How many of you in here, man, I don't really like to cook. Raise your hand. Yeah, raise your hand, Stacy. Okay. She, she, whoa, hold on, because some of the ladies in here are like, I cannot believe you just said it. She will tell you she doesn't like to cook. Okay. Look, she's even shaking her head. Oh, no, you're saying I'm in trouble. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. Here's the reality. Some people like to cook. Some people don't like to cook. But here's the thing. When we cook and we have a recipe that we're not that familiar with, if we want to get the recipe right, what do we do? We bust out the measuring cups. We bust out the measuring spoons because we want to make sure you got the right amount of flour and vanilla and sugar and all these different components that go into a recipe to make it taste right. You take out all of those utensils because you want to make sure that it is right. But here's one of the things that I've come to understand because I love to cook. The more comfortable you get with a recipe, you begin to shift away from using the measuring utensils 
And eventually it becomes just a dash of this and a little sprinkle of that because you are familiar with that recipe and you are comfortable with that recipe. Well, guess what? The same thing holds true in our Christian walk. Here's the truth. And there are some areas where we get comfortable and it really doesn't require a whole lot of faith. You might say, well, what do you mean by that, Pastor Jay? If we are going to grow spiritually, it means that God is going to stretch us. Sometimes we are going to be uncomfortable because it causes us to step out in a greater measure of faith and trust God in a greater way. There are different things that we just get comfortable with. One of the examples I used in the first service was when Stacy and I first got you know, married. I remember we sat and we went over all of our finances preparing for marriage. And she said something. She said, are we going to tithe? And I said, well, I don't, you know, I had not really tithed up to that point. I'd just, you know, throw a dollar or five or ten, whatever I had in my pocket. I'd throw it in the, in the offering plate whenever it went by. I didn't really understand what tithing was. And so we sat and talked about it uh, that evening. And we began, to, we prayed about it. And we said, you know what, let's just do that. And it was a big step of faith for us at that point. But as the years clicked on, it's something that it's just an automatic thing now. It's just every month, first and 15th, it's just something that happens and it doesn't really require a whole lot of faith from us it's just something we've been doing now for 26 years but every now and then God will step up and say I want to take you out of your comfort zone I want you to do something like last year when we had our legacy offering at the beginning of December and we were raising money for the the care point that we built through Children's Cup in Belize and the Lord put it on my heart to give a large amount of money. And actually, this is how I know it's God or not. I went to Stacy and said, this is what I'm thinking. What do you think? And she said, I was thinking the same exact thing. And it was a leap of faith for us, a step to another level. Because the measure of faith should be growing as our walk with God grows on a continual basis. I remember whenever we actually, uh, the Lord called us into full-time ministry. When we left Alexandria, it wasn't. It was a big step of faith for us, but I look back now and see that it really wasn't that. We didn't have a house. We didn't have any kids. And so for us to pick up and move to Lafayette to work on staff there, it was a big step of faith for us at that time. But really, not. All, I mean, if we had to move back, it wouldn't have really been that detrimental. But then when we left Lafayette and came here, things changed a little bit. We had three kids. We had a house. We had a life that we had built in Lafayette. For us to pick up, and come here was another level of faith for us because faith is measured. It should be getting bigger and growing as we go throughout our walk with Christ. And then I remember whenever we had a, a facility on North Sherwood and we sold that facility for an empty piece of land right here. I got to tell you what, that was a big step of faith. I've shared with y'all numerous times about me sitting in a vehicle and scratching my head and being nervous about going to the attorney's office to sign all the paperwork because it was a big step of faith. Pastor Jay, what's your point? My point is faith is measured. It is something that as we grow in our walk with God, the different things that he challenges with should take us to another level in our faith journey. Amen? So faith is a law. Faith is something that is measured. I love one of the things that Jesus shared with his disciples. That one day they were walking along and Jesus went to a fig tree to get some fruit. Fig tree didn't have any fruit. So Jesus he cursed that fig tree. The disciples were amazed about this, and they commented on it. Jesus said this in Matthew 21. Jesus replied, Truly, I tell you, if you have faith and do not doubt, not only can you do what was done to the fig tree, 
But also you can say to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and it will be done. If you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. In other words, he's challenging us to believe in him for greater and bigger things within our life. Now here's the thing. So many times we take that to the side of money. Oh, man, God, I want to use you like an ATM, you know, like a slot machine. God, I'm trusting you, okay? And and you guys have heard all, you know, different ones, you know, with the the name it and claim it and and the faith, you know, all the different uh, preachers that maybe preach about the the prosperity gospel and all that kind of stuff. He did not mean this to be a, a cash account for us. He meant, God, I'm trusting you for bigger things. I want to do bigger things for your kingdom. I want to do bigger things to build your kingdom and reach more people for you. And yes, it is true that God wants to bless us, but that should never be our focus. Our focus should be to please the heart of the Father as we build his kingdom. Amen? So faith, we look at it, and we see that it's measured, that he wants to grow us in the areas. I would ask you, what is the area in your life that you are being measured? That God's trying to push you a little bit. He's trying to grow you. Is it the area of leadership? Maybe he's saying, hey, look, you need to get more involved here at your church. You need to step up and host a life group. As we get ready, we're we're wrapping up the fall uh, semester of life groups, and we're preparing for the spring semester of life groups. Maybe the Lord is pulling on your heart to host a life group, and he's challenging you. Maybe you heard me talk about whenever Stacy and I first got married, and, and it was a challenge for us to step up and to tithe. It really stretched our faith. Maybe the Lord has been moving on your heart to, to trust him in that area and to begin to tithe with, with your finances. What does it look like within your life? Because not only is, is faith a law that God honors, but faith is also measured, and God is wanting to constantly push us to go to another level in our faith. And here's the last one. We're going to wrap up with this. And this is my favorite. Is that faith is like a muscle. Okay? Now we had some photographs that we found of some different individuals who, who use muscles or who don't. Check out this first photo that we have here. This one, this guy here is, uh, I'm telling you, CrossFit will change your life. Okay? Now, that's a lot of muscles. Would you agree with that? Okay? I, I know. It's like uh, they caught me one day after class, got a picture of me, and I was like, what? Okay. Now, go to the next one, because the next photo is, uh, uh, I feel bad for him, Okay. It wants to be like dad. He's working hard at it. Okay. Now you see two photos. The first one, guys all bowed up. Second one, not so much. Here's the question. Do these two individuals have the same amount of muscles? How many of you say yes? How many of you say no? The fact is they have the same amount of muscles. What's the difference? One is building their muscles, the other one is not. One is working hard to build his body and build his muscles, the other one not so much. The one could probably bench 250, 300, 350 pounds, the other one probably doesn't even try because he knows he can't. Your question might be, what does this have to do with Christianity to look at funny pictures on the screen? All of us have the same potential as the first picture in the spirit realm. What that means is this, the outcome depends on whether or not we will develop and build 
Are muscles in the spirit realm just like the bodybuilder did on the screen? Are we going to trust God or are we going to doubt God? Are we going to want to move forward in our relationship with God or are we going to move backwards in our relationship with God? It all comes down to us. And here's the thing that I like about as Christians, as Christ followers, ones who have learned to work out their muscles spiritually in the word, here's what happens. They get to the place where they're in a, in a difficult situation and they realize that in that moment that God can bring peace to them because they have worked out their muscles through the word and they can quote the word in that moment and find peace in the presence of God. They can call in provision. They can call in healing. They can find strength through God because they have spent time building their spiritual muscles by putting the word of God. I trust you. I love you, and I am putting this in my heart and working out my spiritual muscles so that when the difficulties of life come, I will see that come out within my life. You see, their faith is strong because they built it, and they've learned to trust God no matter what this world brings against them. Now, I'm going to tell you something. This world is going to bring some hard things. You hear me? You might say, well, Pastor Jay, that, you know, aren't we seeing some hard times now? Yep. But guess what? We may even see harder times than we're seeing now. But here's what I'm going to tell you. We have a God who is faithful to us. We have a God who loves us. And no matter what this world brings, we win in Jesus' name, okay? Paul said it this way, for me to live is Christ, for me to die is gain. While I'm on this earth, I'm going to live for Jesus with everything I got. I'm going to proclaim his name. I'm going to build my faith muscles. And I'm going to grow stronger in my relationship with him. The time comes where I draw my final breath in Christ. I know I will be with him for all of eternity in heaven. Here's the thing. That's great. But let's make it our mission here on earth to take as many people to heaven with us as we can. Okay? To build his kingdom and to tell people about Jesus wherever we go. Here's the thing. There's a story in scripture that I love. It is a story where a father brings his young son to Jesus. This young man had some issues. He was possessed by a demonic spirit. And what would happen? He would seize violently in his body. This father was concerned just as much as all of us would be with our kids. And he had brought his young son to the disciples. They, they couldn't cast the spirit out. And he desperately turns to Jesus. And Jesus, he, he delivers this young child. But he makes an amazing statement that we find in Mark chapter 9, verse 23. And it's seven words. Put it up on the screen, guys. He says, everything is possible for one who believes. The foundation of faith is laid within our life. The substructure is there. Our lives are being built upon Christ. And we have to believe him and trust him at his word. The only thing that limits us from seeing God do amazing things in our life and through our life is, is who? It's us. It's our doubt. It's our fear. It's our unbelief. But we as believers, we got to learn to stand on God's word, to grow in our faith, and to trust him in a greater way each and every day. Amen? Amen. Keep letting God stretch you. Keep letting God grow you. I'm going to tell you something. It's not always comfortable to be stretched. Would you agree with that? I've been stretched through the years, and, and, and God has put me in uncomfortable situations where he's trying to, to grow me. And you don't always like that when you're walking through it, but you come out on the other side and you realize, hey... God, you knew what was best for me, and you were just trying to grow my faith and to help me trust you even more. Let it be our heart to trust God. And the enemy's going to come. He's going to lie to us. He's going to put doubt in our mind. He's going to try to fill us with fear. 
But let's keep our eyes, our hearts, and our minds fixed and focused on Jesus. Amen? And let our faith, the very foundation, the substructure of who we are, let our lives be built upon that in Christ. Amen? Let's pray together. Father, you are good. We love you today and thank you so much for what you're doing in our lives. Lord, you are, you're stretching us, sometimes even bringing us to the place where we are uncomfortable. But Father, it is good because you are trying to change us day after day to be more like you, Lord God. Help us to say yes to the things that you teach us in your word. And Father, help us to say no to the things of this world. Running away from the things of this world and running to you, Lord. Growing daily in our walk with you. and Becoming even more intimate in our relationship with you, Father. Lord, I thank you for every person who is in this room right now. They're not here by accident. They're not here by mistake, Lord God. But Father, you purpose for them to be here today. And I thank you that this word touched their hearts and their lives, Father. And that there would be a new passion in us as your children, Father, to grow in our walk with you. We love you today. We give you praise. In Jesus' name, what's everybody say together? Amen. Man, God's a good God. Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a good hand clap today. He's good. Now, before, before anybody leaves, I just want to encourage you to do this if you would. I'm going to go ahead and release our serve team to go ahead and get in their places to help you guys get out of here in the most efficient way. And I'm going to invite our prayer team to begin to make their way here to the front in the altar area. There's some of you that earlier you surrendered your heart to Christ. You prayed that prayer. And I wonder if you do this for me. Take out a Connect card, fill it out. Check off a little box that says, Today I gave my heart to Jesus. And bring that card up to one of our prayer team and let them talk to you about your next steps in your walk with Christ. And then church family, listen to me very closely for a moment. Sometimes we walk in church with some things weighing heavy in our heart. Don't walk out of here with those things weighing heavy in your heart. But come and let one of our prayer team pray with you and encourage you. That's exactly what they're here for. And they have been praying for you this whole week. So let's all go ahead and stand to our feet. And as we dismiss this service, ladies, don't forget to go by the table, buy your tickets for the brunch, and pick up a sweatshirt. And as we leave out here, don't ever forget, we don't just go to church. We go to church. Love you guys. Be blessed. We'll see you back here this next week.